we've got Kamish and a microphone. Um, not a good one. So Wadlow's going to complain that the audio quality isn't up to snuff uh, for the thousands and thousands of listeners here on this old podcast. So apologies, Wadlow. I've actually just expensed a decent microphone and pop filter. So maybe one of these days we can have a wonderfully recorded and edited podcast. Until then, it's just a, a man in his phone. So um, it's just flying solo today. And therefore, all I'm going to do, I think, is go completely unstructured and waffle, because I know that's what Wadlow enjoys the most. No, I kid. I'm going to do a weekly uh, preview show. So the matchups are in front of me of week five. Um, I'll not start at the top, because that's just me at the top, because I'm logged in as my own. So I'm going to start from the bottom and work up, which is... Hold on. The mighty... You know what? Sleep and not having full screen information of the matchups really quite annoys me. Uh, and I'm that sad. I actually emailed them and saying, why are you shoving the matchups into a tiny modal window on a desktop when you've got an entire screen to fill with it so we, like, we can see matchups? They're going to hate that we migrated this platform when I just moan at them all the time. So it looks like they changed his name to the Mighty Unid something. But obviously it's got ellipsis and it's cut out. The Mighty Uni... He's the Mighty Ducks. So the Mighty Uni Cucks goes up against the Wolverhampton Wasters this week. Sleeper's got it as a 65-35 in favour of Sol, but as we know, they are useless and rubbish and put nothing but pain into our lives. So, on the QB front, we've got Gordon Gordon Bombay, that's Josh Allen. Uh, What, must be QB3 or something on the year by now? What is he? Yeah, QB3. Going against Justin Herbert, who has actually had... Three, he played three games and he scored 22 in one, 23 in the other. The week I recommended to play him to Ant, he scored 14 and Ant lost. So, sorry brother, but you know, he's scored okay outside of that. So it's Allen against Herbert, Montgomery against Edwards Hilaire, Mike Davis against Todd Gurley, Terry McLaurin against DK Metcalf, Stefan Metcalf, that's a bit funny, Terry McLaurin, DJ Metcalf. Stefan Diggs against Brandon Cooks, Hunter Henry against the honour bye week Robert Tonyan, who I'm guessing we're gonna we're gonna see Jared Cook back in because I think he's back to being questionable. Uh, OBJ against Watkins, and then Greg Delegg against Elliott and Broncos against Patriots. So pretty much on every single side, I think I'm favouring unicorns, folks. I mean, the back Mike Davis is going to be an RB. He's going to smash Atlanta this week. Uh, I guess Gurley has a chance for a score there. Edward Slayer's not done. Too much of late, really. I think Montgomery's had basically the same workload, but he's just not really done anything with it either. So I think both Montgomery and Eclair, Eclair, that's it, right? Eclair, Eclair, Um Hoping for better days ahead from these guys, but Metcalf and Diggs. I think uh, Diggs is going to destroy Tennessee. Metcalf's going to destroy Minnesota. Uh, F one. You know, I think this is definitely closer than the sixty-five thirty-five. It's got pegged out, but. I'm pretty sure unless Ant does something, uh, this is going to be a unicorn win, which will send both teams to one and four. Um, so I guess Sol would be happy about that and Ant would be sad about that, which is strange because you'll both be in the same place. Um, but it would be joy for one and despair for the other. So I guess you can be there for each other afterwards when you're both one and four and planning your comebacks. Next up is the three and one catch 22 against the four and oh dollar. It is projected heavily in Wadlow's favour, 100 to 86.57, it's like a 75 to 25 percentages. Uh, he's lost, obviously, Nick Chubb 
this week and and the cleave the magical Cleveland backfield which have been basically rolling him out uh, an RB1 and RB2 on the hind ranks each week uh, each week has now gone and he's he's Kareem Hunt is well now the elite RB1 and he went and got Dearness Johnson by one wab dollar um one more than Sol could bid uh, very smartly done that's probably the, the closest thing we've had this year I think to a real a real waiver snipe um so he puts Dearness Johnson straight in there. Uh, I'm actually genuinely shocked. I really didn't think anybody was going to go in for Dearness Johnson. And as this league, we'd sort of assumed that we knew he would. Ha- he had a big role because Kareem Hunt was banged up going into the game, and then he had to take over a big workload. So sure, this of course this guy was going to come in and take more of the snaps. Um, I'm sure there's actually like another guy there in the Browns backfield. I can't remember his name. God damn it. Um, but I'm relatively sure. I'd sort of prefer him. Dontrell Hilliard. I think that was the guy. He sort of feels like now he'll be the change of pace back and, and Dearnest only came in because of what that specific game situation necessitated. But what do I know? If we have learned anything from maybe the past three weeks of the season is you should seriously, seriously fade what I say to you. If you ever come to me for advice, I will. it is wrong. And most things I say are wrong. So you could all make a lot of money and win a lot of Chumbo games by uh, fading old Tinker. So he's rolling out the Browns' backfield again. Browns brothers two and three, uh, Kareem Hunt and, and De, De, I can't remember his name. Dearness Johnson, right. Okay, so he's hoping to get AJ Brown back now if the Bills game goes ahead, which we think it should do. If we get another clear run of negative tests today from Tennessee, I would say that game is as good as uh, guaranteed to go ahead now. So he's hoping he can bring AJ Brown in for pretty much the first time since the first half against Denver. He's rolling out Debo Samuel, who's on very limited snaps last week. Um, Waller de Baller a tight end Michael Thomas so he's, what, what I was really hoping now, he unfortunately lost Nick Chubb right as his other guys are coming back but I suppose he's hoping that the loss of Nick Chubb will be offset slightly by the return of Debo and um, AJ Brown and Michael Thomas um, and also I guess Raheem, Raheem must, must, must hurt must start most hurt uh, potentially due back this week an absolute smash spot against Miami so I would assume that if he is good to go then we'll see Dearness Johnson sent to the bench and a pretty much full strength Wadlow um, taking on a, a dollar who is rolling out Tom Brady on the road in Chicago which has been maybe one of the most unfavourable fantasy matchups for QBs this year but he has Kamara going so that's always a smash and he has Jerry McKinnon going in the smash spot against Miami. So if uh, if Mostert can't go, then I guess the biggest beneficiary is um, Bayrick Jet McKinnon. And he obviously is starting for the dollar. T.Y. Hilton, <laughs> who the dollar has a, such a long-standing relationship with now. So many years uh, T.Y. has done the business after being picked in the third or fourth round for the dollar. He landed him again, I think, probably around five or six this year. And he's really not done the business yet. Um, he dropped a touchdown... On Tinker Week, actually, could have been a huge game for him, and he dropped the touchdown on Tinker Week, which I thought was a, a sign of giving me a chance, but didn't happen. So yeah, Ty is wide receiver seventy eight in the high ranks with points of five point three, two point eight, five point two, and two point nine. So I guess he's hoping now playing against Cleveland, hopefully ready to quick paced game. Although India be wanting to slow it right down, play that disgusting good defense and run the ball, which is gross. Um, I almost want nothing to do with any matchup that the Colts are in at all because it's just disgusting. But yeah, so, I mean, Finn's just going to be hoping one of these days he's, he's short and fast and he might catch one of these balls. Uh, impressive rookie, Justin Jefferson, Jeffy, uh, Ertzy. You should be seeing about 15,000 targets and only got like 18 yards or something last week. So that seems strange uh, in a tough matchup against the Steelers. Jonesy, 
on the short week at Chicago. Again, so I don't know if he's still going to roll out Brady and Jonesy. Um, oh, no, I assume that Carsey's coming up from the bench against the Vikings in a smash spot. So I would guess, uh, yeah, Jonesy hits the bench for Carsey in a smash spot. So we have backs of Cami, uh, Kinsey and Carsey playing. Um, and then receivers, uh, actually, fair, maybe maybe uh, Dollar Hunty's old Corey. Um, or John Brown. Actually, John Brown against Tennessee, if he's playing, maybe a better shout than, than T.Y. Hilton. But again... Fade Tinker, so bench those people. Um, it looks, it looks. If that happens and and Mustard's out and McKinnon plays, then I think it's going to be closer than the seventy-five to twenty-five uh, projected. But if it doesn't and Mustard comes in, uh, and I think it could be a, a convincing win for for Nick to send him to uh, send again both of them to four and one, and I think. Either way, they're both going to be feeling pretty happy afterwards. If, if Dollar loses, you know, he might be thinking that his run of luck might be due to come to an end. But he, you know, anyone would have taken four and one at the beginning of the season. So 21st and Hine against uh, C Tuan, S-I, I don't know why he chose that version of it. It's stupid. Anyway, he's C-Bomb with a one and a three in the middle at the moment. First time ever in his, uh, his incredibly long and established career. Uh, Simon is looking down the barrel of one and three. He was two and two back in 2012, the first season. And we know how that ended. But one and three, he has not been there. I think he has never been two games below 500. So here we go. Ninth year into the league. Fifth week is the first time for everything. He is down as the favourite against Hein. Uh, it's a 55-45 split. A 110 projection to 107. However, 11 points that projection are made up by Julio Jones, who we imagine is probably going to miss the game after re-aggravating those pesky hamstrings. Uh, it's mainly a battle dueling of the uh, elitist of the elite QBs with um, Uniusel Will Corn against the goat dog Pat Mahomes. Uh, both at home, both in smash spots against the Vikings, especially for Russ. And if Hines going to do this, I think he's going to need some heavy lifting from Russ. Another of his... Uh, rather standard five touchdown games now. Mixon showed an absolute blow up last week. He on the road at the Ravens this week, so that really seems like it's not going to be. I wouldn't be expecting a thirty pointer this week. Maybe more along the lines of ten to twelve. Uh, but Zeke is at home in a blow up spot against the Giants. Although the Giants have been defending the run pretty well, the pace of that game is going to be off the charts. Dallas is going to have to be scoring forty, forty five points every single week, and sooner or later that's going to parlay itself into a Zeke three touchdown game. And I know Dix will be eye-rolling, being like, oh, you'd think uh, Dak sneaks. But, you know, it's coming. It's coming, Seabon. Uh, Miles Gaskin, who really has sort of saved this roster a little bit and giving him someone he can roll out in RB2 that has any semblance of a workload. He's been giving him sort of a steady seven to eight-ish points um, on average to plug in the gap as he waits for just one of his uh, sort of high-value uh, handcuff backs to, to hit it. We've got... James White, uh, Duke Johnson, Malcolm Brown, Chase Edmonds, and uh, <laughs> the rather expensive Justin Jackson now, um, all waiting for their shot. So Gaskin is played against the Niners. Um, again, what in what should be a dirty jerseyed, uh, <laughs> full of yards, but probably ultimately fruitless uh, end result. Nuke goes up against the Jets in what should be a smash spot. Julio, again, we don't think he's playing. So who he brings in, I'm not sure. I would guess the freak. Tyler Boyd goes from flex into wide receiver two spot, and we have maybe Justin Jackson immediately playing against the Saints uh, in his flex. He's got Evan Engram going at tight end, and if there's one thing that's going for him is that he's playing at Dallas, where points just seem to rain from the gods 
or the giant jumbotron in Jerry's world. And on the Seabon side, it's uh, hmm. okay. Yeah, well, so we have the another cowboy, Mari Cooper, uh, obviously at home against the Giants in. Yeah, I think it's that that sort of Elliot Cooper Engram mix is a uh, is going to be raining the points in this matchup. Bobby Woods goes back into the starting lineup. I think he was he seems to be in and out at the Redskins. George Kittle back in a, against Miami. So I mean these guys, although there's some tougher matchups like Gaskin at San Francisco and maybe maybe Woods at Washington. Um, I don't know, but there's some plenty of blow up spots on both sides. Kittle against Miami seems huge. Singletary is going to run anyone at the moment. It's going to run all over Tennessee because they've lost Daquan Jones and Jeffrey Simmons to the COVID list. So that's their two starting interior linemen, one of whom is a stud and one of whom is very good. So I'd expect Singletary to have a huge game, uh, provided that Zach Moss is out. Uh, I don't know if he is or heard anything. Um, but, you know, either way, it projects to be quite a high-scoring matchup, uh, Buffalo and Tennessee. I think I might have to agree with Sleeper on this one. Although Hein Although Hein has way fewer question marks here, like you know, he's his lineup definitely seems stronger on the whole. I just think the Seabon smash spot guys could could carry him over the edge. Uh, Mahomes, Zeke, Nuke, uh, Engram. And maybe even Justin Jackson, who knows? But yeah, I don't know. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give it. I think HCC's biggest guys, obviously Russ, and I think Mahomes can can outduel him. And then Zeke is in a way better spot than than Mixon is. Uh, however, David Johnson is up against uh, Jacksonville, so I don't know. I think there's life in the in in the old dog yet in C1. And again, this game would send both teams to two and three. If that came right, and HCC would probably be annoyed, and Dix would probably be relieved and delighted that he can potentially get his season back on track uh, the following week. So then we go to Chumps and uh, Triple Z. This is just projected as a as an easy win for uh, for the Chumps, an 88 percenter, 116 highest projected score of the week against a, a 91, which is I think the second lowest projection of the week for Rich. Now Rich is obviously down um, both his Lions, who played last week, so Kenny Galladay and Adrian Peterson aren't playing for him. Chris Godwin is still hurt and not playing. Uh, Noah Fant is obviously injured and out not playing. So he's had to bring back up Cam Akers, who are now apparently is uh, fit enough to play this week. So I guess perfect timing. Uh, Cooper Cup, CD Lamb, after his explosion last week, is, is back into lineup. He looks probably like the number two option to have in Dallas after Amari this year. Uh, Johnny Smith goes in at tight end after Tennessee had their bye. And Tim Patrick, who I think he paid some uh, a hefty price for in waves, actually. I think it was maybe like $10, $11, uh, Tim Patrick, uh, who I guess is hoping he can uh, fill the Johnny, uh, the, the, the Noah Fant uh, target tree role, I assume, as the, the big, big outside uh, playmaker. And... Rams defense and old Joey Sly. I remember Joey Sly from his K one days uh, last year on the Wasters. Uh, and yeah, Kyler Murray and Josh Jacobs again at the top. So you know he's he's pretty been blasted by. I don't think he's had Galladay and Godwin out together yet. So we're at week five and he's yet to have his uh, third two third round picks uh, out there together uh, on the same day. 
which is tough. And Kame, because obviously played like half of one game, looked really good, and then missed two weeks. So hopefully he does get to wheel out his um, relatively full-strength backfield for him and just hoping that the receivers, the two receivers he had to plug in, so, you know, C.D. Lowe and Tim Patrick instead of Godwin and Galladay, um, can give him can give him a chance. But it looks pretty one-sided. We've got Lamar Jackson home to the Bengals, who he absolutely kills. Um, Dalvin Cook going against the Seahawks in what is going to be a very high-scoring game, you can only imagine. Uh, only question mark really is Kelly Clarkson, Josh Kelly, and RB2. We're wondering how that backfield is going to shake out post-Eckler for the next six to seven weeks. Um, as Justin Jackson uh, came in and looked good, and obviously Josh Kelly's now had an issue with fumbling a couple of times. Jay has got Lev Bell at some point to bring in for the RB2 slot. I'm not sure if he's back off IR this week or if it's next week. And again, if Zach Moss is active, he may fancy playing him in against Tennessee in what might be a high-scoring matchup. Uh, the current paperclip, Tyreek Hill, uh, home against uh, the Raiders. And then the wide receiver one in Carolina, Robbie Anderson, against the Falcons. So that's a smash spot. Uh, and get up the other Chiefs, Kelsey and Butker, and I guess Devante Parker, who is just seems to be hobbling his way to um, to fantasy relevance again. Every time I see him catch the ball, he's then hitting the ground and holding his knee and rolling over and, and getting up again and putting up his sort of nine, ten points a week for for the chumps. So I can't really see a way out of it for Rich. Uh, I mean, Murray's against the Jets, so there's a chance that he can put up a huge week. Maybe Josh Jacobs can finally find the end zone again against the Chiefs. Uh, Cam Akers' potential blow-up game. Although playing Akers and Cup and the Rams' defence, he's sort of incredibly tied into that, somehow turning into a high-scoring game, which it doesn't feel like it will be. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd also give uh, this one to to the chumps, which would send them to 3-2, and two, and also send Rich to 3-2. and two. So there's a lot of potential for these mirroring records after games, and uh, Rich would... Oh, would that be two in a row for Rich? Last? No, because I think it was... No, I think he won last week. So I think Rich would probably be pretty happy with 3-2. and two. When he lost Akers in week one, and he also lost Godwin and Galladay, um, to get to week six and still have a winning record and still be at the top of the division, you know, he would he would have taken that. And obviously Jay will be delighted to have sort of just brushed past the, that 0-2 start, which did include a 125-point loss. So, you know, this wasn't your average 0-2 team. And he'll be back at 3-2. and I'm feeling pretty cocky, at which point I think we'll definitely get way more of the leading from the front, uh, Jay, that, that we're used to. So Bush Johnson against Pimpinate Leasy. Now, this is definitely the first matchup where we can't have mirrored scores uh, after after the outcome, as it's a four and zero Bush Johnson against a one and three uh, Pimps. And the, obviously, the big news for Haggis is he's lost Eckler for about six or seven weeks, and Aaron Jones just conveniently now is on his bye week, one of the very early buys of the year. So he actually has to empty out his running back slots, and um, barring any moves he can't plug in carry on johnson because carry on is also on a buy so he can only bring up jordan howard just one one back to fill fill two spots who to be fair the each week had until last week had scored a touchdown every week um with just incredible numbers less than one yard of carry every single week uh but scored the touchdown in the first three weeks so he was basically 6.1 points or or bust and it, it was a minus last week because he fumbled and lost it so I'm expecting to see some sort of Haggis movement if he trades a wide receiver, maybe, or if he trades away 
um, Eckler, someone now, you know, for someone who's going to, he's not going to help him uh, for a, for most of the season. I really Eckler, since they have such a late buy, or he potentially goes in and, and gets all he can for Aaron Jones. Um, who knows? I mean, he doesn't have to technically rush to rush to anything. He's at four and zero. It's a two game lead uh, currently in the division. He, Aaron Jones obviously will be back next week after a bye, so he's only having to fill, find something to fill in the Eckler, the Eckler spot. Maybe that means trading one of Thielen or Juju or Lockett or someone for uh, a sort of lower receiver and and a running back. Um, but yeah, he certainly he doesn't need to. Panic trades don't need to happen. He may decide he just wants to blow it up anyway uh, and sort of try and continue on the course to get wins now rather than later. But yeah, there's there's a difference between having to sell your studs at four and zero and zero and four. In that you can have patience, and I mean he has Thielen in a good matchup against uh, the Seahawks. Uh, Juju's back after his bye, um, and Lockett again in a dreamy matchup against the Vikings. So you know he has his receivers have a chance to put up a big week, but he's going to need probably another down week from Ryan like he had last week uh, with Jonathan Taylor, who really hasn't been performing as expected. I think when Mac went down, in even my head, he sort of vaulted himself into that top six rest of season locked in. He's going to have all the rushes and a, a healthy amount of the backfield targets. And that's just not happened. They've, they really have just been running all three backs together. I think he sort of leads maybe with 18 touches, but um, I think Hines had between 10 and 12 last week and so did, um, Christ, who's, what's the other name? Mm, shit. I want to say Jordan. Jordan something. Jordan Wilkins? Yeah, that's right. Uh, again, he had sort of 10 or 11 touches last week. So, you know, take Mac away. But what happened in week one? Is uh, is happening again, and that just uh, just playing three backs all the time, so frustrating. I can imagine for Ryan when you really thought as soon as Mac went down, that was it. He'd hit his home run, and it was two absolute stud backs. But you know, Taylor went behind the best offensive line in the league, uh, and it's not it's um, it's not happened. And then you, you combine that with Henderson's and Flame, uh, which was extinguished last week as he played well behind Malcolm Brown. Now, whether that was just because they thought they could win and didn't need uh, to run Henderson into the ground when, they, when Malcolm, Malcolm Brown could do work, but I think Malcolm Brown out-carried him, out-snapped him, out-targeted him, and uh, out-received him in that game. So for the price that was paid to get Henderson on board, uh, that's not what you want to see. You were hoping at that point that best case is he has a huge game week again. He runs away with the starting uh, gig. He, he doesn't look back, and he's you know an RB1 rest of the year. That looks already now like it's not going to happen. And Cam Akers has come back, who obviously they just drafted this year to effectively be the guy, and he's going to be back. So whether we, whether it turns into a three-headed sort of mess now or, or Akers is able to pull away, I don't know. But Henderson is probably having to go firmly on the bench until either a Malcolm Brown injury or something else shakes shakes itself out. Um, Bay Rob at the, at the receiving position who garbage timed himself like 50 yards and touchdown in the final minute last week to have a fantasy relevant week he goes up against Tampa Bay in what feels like it's probably going to be a lowish scoring game on, on Thursday night with both teams uh, banged up but the Tampa defense is good Chicago defense is good so it could be one of those ugly ones uh, DJ Sharp came back to life though last week 100 yards two scores on uh, on his bench but back into the starting lineup for this week it should be a great game against Houston as two crappy teams tried to uh, outduel each other Hayden Hurst uh, who's nicknamed TE1 um, I, he's TE13 in the hind ranks ah so not technically a TE1 uh, he's had one good week for 
for Leeds, a 13 point in week two. Other than that, it's basically been an average of about five and a half. Hollywood Brown, who was one yard away from a score last week. So I know we keep on hearing about how Hollywood is nerf and shit and he's, the pimp is running out of patience with him. But, you know, he was one yard away from having a, a huge a huge week last week as he was tackled. I, I thought he got in, but replay uh, said no, he was short of the one yard line. And we've sent uh, Michael Gallup, so fuck you, fuck you, <laughs> disc sheep, uh, to the bench now. He's was one of the favourite, I think, like, draft picks, everyone at the value draft picks that, you know, everyone said over the past 16 games, he and Amari, he's actually outscored Amari and out-targeted Amari, and this was it, this was going to be the 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 great sort of mid-round uh, receiver who's going to ex- exceed his, his value and, and expectations, and that has not been the case. Five points, 5.8 points, the blow-up game against Seattle, 19.8, and then 2.9. So instead of having that sort of steady floor with the elevated ceiling that's projected, it's now just a boom-bust wide receiver three type. And you can't ignore him because the Cowboys are throwing 55 times a game and throwing regularly hitting 400 yards um, passing. But Gallup isn't getting the sort of easy layups. He's getting all the downfield targets. So he has a huge ADAR, and obviously with that becomes huge, uh, huge variance. So he's much more of just like the boom-bust flex play now than the... Um, wide receiver two that was hoped uh miss you baby cmc still on the bench uh, they say he's missing at least one more one more week for his ir designation so there's a chance i guess that ryan can call it the cavalry uh next week and he, he comes back which would be hugely needed as henderson flamed out and jonathan taylor just hasn't run away with that job yet um so uh, yeah how quickly things can change i guess when in this game we play um, but I still will give this comfortably to Leesy this week. I think Hackis does need a miracle. I think um, I think Leesy's got enough about his guys in the matchups to play that you know he can probably put up ninety five points or something, ninety five points this week uh, and get the win against a depleted Bush Johnson. But again, that all that all changes barring any any trades. So on to the last matchup of the week. That's me uh, against Roach uh, two and two faces one and three. So uh, if um, yeah, if if Roach wins, he breaks the nine-year streak, the nine-game streak. Then uh, it's uh, we're both two and three. So another one of these matchups where we can both end up with the same record. Um, it's projected eighty-two percent in my favour. That's one hundred and thirteen to ninety. Just shade under ninety-five. I can see Roach has brought in Bridgewater in a QB. Absolutely mouth-watering matchup against Atlanta, uh, which has proven to be just a ridiculous boon. Like to fancy QBs, like I don't know. 10 points above expectation or something per week. Um, as I guess he waits on Cam Newton clearing COVID protocol if Cam's back and they're home against Denver. I don't know if he puts him in or not, but either way. Um, the Colonel Miles Sanders uh, is in RB1. Newly traded for James Connor against the Eagles comes in RB2. So both running backs squaring off in the same game, which was very much what I was going to have last week with Henry and Connor, and then it got postponed. So I guess I hope for Kitch's sake that it works out better this week and that game goes ahead and he's not suddenly missing two backs. Although if you're facing Ryan, you don't really need him. Um, so yeah, he's got DJ Moore and Kenyon Allen going at receiver. Uh, Wiki Wiki, he's got Kaziki the tight end, and uh, Kenyon Drake uh, down into the flex now. I don't think that's more. Maybe that's more just like a mind games thing from from the kitchen manager putting Drake right down there in flex, saying, "Look, oh boy, I know I invested high equity in you, but you're not proving it, lad. Get down in that flex spot and uh, prove to me it's you deserve to go back into one of the uh, RB one and two spots." 
Um, if he was, I mean, I know everyone said if he was ever going to do it, it's going to be last week against uh, Carolina, and he didn't. But if he is ever going to do it, it's this week against the Jets. Um, certainly in the podcasts and articles I've been consuming this week, you know, Kenyon Drake is down as the buy low. So we will see if that comes to fruition and he can finally sort of break his fantasy point ceiling uh, this week for the Roaches. He will certainly be hoping that he can. And on the other side, uh, Watson in a QB home against the Jags. As again, we just await for some sort of ceiling game as Watson now just basically puts a 20 points a week and, and nothing else. Uh, Henry back after his early bye, home against Buffalo in the sort of looks scary on paper because he's got the red next to versus buff and that makes me panic but actually I expect that game to be played at a pretty quick pace and have uh, quite a lot of points scored in it um, as the Bills keep on pushing the envelope with um, with throwing the ball deep with Josh Allen and uh, I don't even know if pushing the envelope is a thing push the envelope? push the envelope yeah no it sounds like it's a thing um, no yeah so I'm hoping Henry maybe can fall into the end zone and maybe just, just break one please come on Tractor let's have a so a signature big play, big run, big reception, one of those. Uh, James Robinson in a good spot against Houston. Uh, Calvin Ridley probably going to be the only <laughs> available Falcons pass catcher in their game against Carolina. Uh, Fuller against Jacksonville. Um, really, obviously, I'm quite exposed to this <laughs> Texans-Jags game, which is just probably what I wanted to be uh, earlier in the season. Uh, so, yeah, I could really do with the Texans-Jags game turning into some sort of shootout. Um, Mark Andrews, home against Cincinnati. And uh, I think we've got Gibson, Gibbs season. Hopefully he's starting his, or continuing his season, uh, home against the LA Rams uh, in the flex. Um, Mike Evans on the bench, but obviously we know he fucked his ankle and I imagine he's going to be sore and stiff as hell and I'd probably be quite surprised if he plays this week. Well, if he does, I'm not quite sure then what I'd do. So I would just rest up Big Mike Take the take this time off, rest up, and let's let's come back and get at get at it the next week. Um, also, Melv, shit, do I play him? Oh man, maybe this trade wasn't such a good idea. Now I've got to make decisions. <sighs> yeah, so Kitch is going to be hoping for big bounce backs for Drake and DJ Moore. That Connor and Sanders can be the lead backs in the game that turns out into a shootout, and that Keenan continues to get peppered. Um, it's got it down as, yeah, I don't think it's an 80-20 game, but again, you know, these sleep percentages are uh, obscene. It feels more like a sort of 60-40 job or something, really. Um, but I've liked all my matchups this week um, for a while, so I'm going to stick to it and say that I can continue the streak and make it go 10-0, uh, and The Undertaker uh, rolls on to next year's WrestleMania. The story of Black America is the story of America. It's the story of a people who have pushed this country to live up to its stated ideals. But Black people have always believed in the promise of a better America. So, at this moment we're in now, we must choose to fight for that better America. And just like our ancestors, who stood up to the violent racists of a generation ago, we will stand up to this president and say, no more. Because America is better than him. So we choose to be bigger, 
We choose to be bolder. We choose to bring back justice, respect, and dignity to this country. We choose Joe Biden to lead us all towards that American promise together.